They're quick and dirty. Just like Dan? I don't know. I tried. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 6, Strangers in the Night. Mary, what happened this week? Andrea spends more time with Dan. They're just about to bang when Andrea lets Dan know she's a virgin. Dan's like, Okay, let's slow down a little. Your first time should be special, and I feel that way because I'm so nice. Anyway, Andrea goes to his room in the middle of the night because she can't stop thinking about him, and they defo bang. Between David's lazy childishness and Kelly's annoying thing with John, Donna can't get anywhere on time. Still, David is the worst of the two, so Donna and Kelly yell at him for always sleeping and never cleaning. Like, for real, dude has been eating cereal with his hands in front of cartoons instead of going to class. David does at least concede he's been pretty gross lately. He apologizes to Donna at 2 a.m. on the radio. The guy who runs the college radio station, who might have a name but I forgot it, gives David caffeine pills to keep help him keep his energy up for the rest of his shift. Then he implies he can get him stronger things, wink wink, if David needs them. Lawrence Carson, who apparently built a shopping center Brenda likes, compliments Brenda on her office skills while waiting to meet Jim. Later, he gets in touch with Jim to be like, I have a son. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did not expect that to make me laugh. I'm going to try that again. I love that you made yourself laugh. <laughs> okay. Later, he gets in touch with Jim to be like, I have a son. Jim and Cindy set up Brenda on a blind date with Stuart Carson, who's 24 and might be cute. He is cute, but super fucking boring, if you ask me. At least he knows people who can let Brenda drink underage and also not have to wait in lines at a club where Stuart knows everyone. She gets back home at like 3 in the morning and Jim is waiting up. Jim agrees that Brenda isn't a little girl and is a grown-up college woman who can do stuff like this now. Neither Brenda nor Brandon can believe it. Dylan's car is old and sad. If he wants the Porsche to last, he'll have to get something else for everyday driving. After interrupting his usual business to make sure Jim will give him the money for a new car, Dylan goes shopping. Good thing his car broke, honestly, because no one else had the time to hang out with Brandon this week. Steve is busy with KEG stuff, and Kelly and Donna have Alpha Omega stuff to do. Kelly is assigned to ride in a van to drop off a bunch of donated clothes for a sorority, Guess who from KEG is driving the van? Yup, it's creepy-ass John. Dylan buys a new Porsche, but is torn between wanting it and also wanting to be responsible with his money. Dylan shows up at Kelly's house and asks her to go on a drive with him. Kelly is like, yeah, sure, let me get dressed. But really, she's gonna go hang up the phone because she's talking to stupid John. When they get back from the drive, Dylan decides to take the Porsche back and get a Bronco instead. Kelly tells Dylan they want different things out of life, and she wants them to see other people, but not really break up. On Dylan's way home from that bad news, he stops at a red light and gets carjacked at gunpoint. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, this is like one of our first or few cliffhangers, I think. Seriously, like, this episode starts 
you know, not like on a super high note, but like not on that low of a note. So like, that was a rough one. Oh, yeah. Also, really weird. That man looked like he was about to make out with Dylan. <laughs> yeah. After after he says, get out of the car, sucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought it was a woman at first. Like, what have made more sense about the hand behind the neck? That's what I'm saying. Like, in the hair was kind of like, I I felt like I saw some hair and it looked kind of long. Now, granted, that doesn't mean men can't have long hair. But until the person opened their mouth, I was like, oh, a lady carjacker. It was really like an uncomfortable way to jack a car. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. This, This is why I always roll my windows up and lock my doors. Yeah, but that's same. also because I'm scared of everything, and because Don't, we're women. So, you know, I I do have a habit. Like as soon as I get in the car, I lock the doors because mm-hmm. like I am terrified of everything. And then every time we get somewhere, John immediately tries to open the door, and he's like, "I'm trapped." <laughs> like, no, you're safe. You are protected. <laughs> There's a difference between trapped and safe, John. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. And I have think. A- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, I have a few fun facts. Ooh. Like, they're, they're not, like, extremely fun. You probably already saw them, technically. This is the first episode directed by Dad. All right. Good job, Dad. Directed by James Eckhouse. And it was written by Jennifer Flackett, who I didn't know the name, but I looked her up. She wrote the movie Wimbledon, the one with uh, Paul Bettany and Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also created the dirty cartoon Big Mouth. Interesting. Girls got range. I know. It's like you went from this to making Kristen Bell a masturbation pillow? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And the guy who plays Stuart has already been on this show. So I didn't know that at first. I'll be quite honest because I didn't recognize his name. But I saw him much later, and I was like, this guy looks familiar. And I legit just thought I'd seen him in something else. No, turns out I'd seen him in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he has interacted with Brenda before. I know. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. I know. I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then, like, as soon as I wrote that down, I was like, we might already know this. Like, that was so long ago that we might already have known this and just, like, legitimately forgotten about him which is probably what the people who hired him to be Stuart were thinking oh totally they're like eh, they won't remember you from that one palm springs episode where you gave brenda a cot or what i don't remember what, yeah what was it? no he gave her the cot in the closet and then like offered to take her home with him and was like oh you can stay at my house that's right that's right yeah, yeah. also having seen him in this episode now uh i watched an episode of jane the virgin earlier and i think he looks like michael it's the gap, or it's like the something with and the like teeth, the, the swoopy hair and mm-hmm. the nose, and yeah, like it was just enough that I was like, I would believe that you guys are like cousins, brothers, maybe brothers. Mm. I don't want to get on this JTV tangent because <laughs> I will go very far. <laughs> it needs its own podcast. It so does. Too bad it's not a back-to situation. I mean, I guess we could go back to Miami. It's just not a teen drama. I feel like if you go back to Miami, like, I just want to be, like, back to Miami Vice. Yeah. <laughs> no. could be so misleading. I know. But that's, like, literally, that is for another podcast. Yeah. Yeah. 
because yeah, this episode opens up. It's it's very good like sandwich because it opens up. We see Dylan driving and his car is making that really gross noise. And he pulls up to a light next to two other really nice cars. And when the light changes, they go and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I was very comfortable this episode. I'm very glad we got back to where we used to be because last episode I was so thrown off not getting a montage at first. But <laughs> they just started right back off <laughs> with a monta- montage of cars. Lots of different cars. All things cars. So I just felt at home. James knew. He knew. Dad knew we needed that like really nice warm hug of a montage. <laughs> Your first entirely, Yeah, it's entirely too long. <laughs> You know, honestly, it's probably because he wanted to make sure that people saw directed by James Eckhouse and weren't really paying attention to something else. Right? Like, no, this is my time to shine. Mm -hmm. Nobody looks at me in the intro. They're off getting their sodas or whatever because it's a two-minute intro. Yeah. Because really, I did skip through the intro. Oh, I always do. Every time. Like, once we get our initial fill of like, oh, is this a new theme song or like new, you know, cadence of the opening credits? I'm like, cool, cool, cool. That was fun. Now let's get to the episode. Yeah. We're on episode six. I'm done with that. Yeah. But yeah, like we get this little like opening thing of Dylan's car dying. And then at some point he goes to a mechanic and the mechanic tells him that it's dead and he needs an everyday car. I think like literally right after this, because I just spent the time being like, why wouldn't he already know this? Yeah, if you buy a vintage car because, he, you know, he says it's a 61 Porsche, you would probably know this. I don't know things about cars. I know very, very little um, and certainly not things about old cars. Um, but apparently driving a 61 Porsche every single day is bad for it. So I feel like Dylan would know that unless it was gifted to him. Well, but we've seen him working on cars before and like working on older cars because he works with Brandon, I think on Mondale initially, but like- I think so too. We've seen this. So yeah, I just spent a little time being like, I mean, okay, whatever. But like, it seems like these first couple scenes are really just focused on setting things up because Mm -hmm. like we see that Dylan's car is dying and that's what he's going to be doing this episode. Then we get to the beach uh, apartment and we find out that David is still skipping classes. He's still being such a bum. Um, He's he, eating cereal out of the fruit bowl. Yeah. And he just pours a ton of cereal in there. And then, like, I thought I missed him pour the milk. So I was like, okay, whatever. And then they're like, don't sit in front of the TV all day. Go to class. And he's like, whatever, mom. And then just shoves his hand into it. Yeah. Like, he's just ch- crunching on some dry cereal. Which, like... I mean, some cereal I can get behind. Frosted Flakes. Uh, not Cinnamon Toast Crunch because too much of that gets off on your hands. Mm. But maybe like a, a Reese's Puffs. A good Chex. Ooh, Ooh Chex. Chex. I mean, that's literally Chex Mix. They thought of that for us. They were like, <laughs> you don't need to buy the cereal anymore. We did this. I mean, I'd, I'd even do a nice like Honey Smacks. Like those weren't great, but they are better as dry cereal than covered in milk. I say you you need a snacking cereal. Like I feel mm. like his looked like too much like raisin bran or like wheat bran or you know something that I was like I don't even know what's happening here. <laughs> but then yeah, so that's where he is in his life right now. And then the next thing we see is Brenda like crushing it as an executive mm-hmm. admin. She's mm-hmm. on the phone. She's signing papers. She's telling people things. She's passing things around. And then that guy shows up, and I feel like he was complimenting her on her office skills 
but really he was checking her out. Yeah, he was sizing her up because I immediately got a weird vibe from him. I didn't like him. Um, I was like, please don't hit on Brenda. This is weird. And like, thank God that he was like, oh, I should set you up with my son Mm -hmm. later. But like, yeah, when Jim comes out and says, oh, Brenda owes you a debt because she loves shopping. And then he's like, sounds like the debt is all mine. (laughs) (laughs) It was creepy. Too much. Too much. Too much. Way too much. Even if you're the, even if you're like, I don't know. I, I have no excuse. Like, it's too much. Yeah. But then, like, the tension gets cut pretty quickly because Dylan shows up as they're walking into the office and is like, Jim, I need to talk to you. It's like, Dylan, call. Yeah, call first, sir. You're not supposed to be driving your 61 Porsche. He has an administrative assistant that will tell you when he's free. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's that's part of her job is to tell you this is the time that you can show up to my dad and you can sit down and actually have a conversation about your finances. But he doesn't. He just shows up and they walk inside and and basically he tells Lawrence Fishburne, I don't remember his last name, to wait a minute and he Dylan goes inside and they talk and and all it is is like Dylan or <laughs> Dylan I telling him Yeah, Dylan telling him I need money because my car is broken. And Jim's like, I remember I had a car that was really cool. (laughs) I drove a car once. (laughs) That's literally it. I'm like, what is the point of the rest of this scene? I imagine at this point, Lawrence, whatever his name is, is off calling his son being like, Stuart, what is the youngest you would date a girl? Because truly, Stuart is 24 and Brenda is 18. It's like on, it's, it's there. Like. I don't know. Was Jason, uh, banana daiquiri guy, was he 24? I think so, because he was in Lost 25. 25, 25. Well, this is definitely better than that. <laughs> and Brenda was maybe 16 mm-hmm. at that point. So mm-hmm. we're at least closing the gap. Yep. But yeah, then, you like you said, it was all set up to f- see what was going to happen this episode. Because then we start getting a little bit more into the episode. And, and this is kind of Brandon's setup is just him and Steve playing ping pong. And of course, Brandon's better than Steve at ping pong. But then Steve's got to bounce. Ha! Get it? Because nah. he has to go to his chapter meeting. And then Kelly and Donna have to do the same. And then Brandon's like, hmm, what do I do now? I'm looking around. I have no plans. And then he sees Andrea and... Yeah, he basically just wants someone to hang out with, but she can't hang out either because she has to study, I think, is what she said. Well, so that was the thing. Like, yeah, Brandon is, like, desperate to find people to hang out with, in my mind, because, you know, we saw in the last episode, he was just alone. Like, he didn't really hang out with anybody else until the pool party and then, like, ice cream party later. And then at this one, he comes up to Andrea and she's like, oh, I have to study meanwhile she's looking over at ta dan who's got a nice little two-person table in the student center just for them Mm-hmm. because that was my thing was like she says studying but she's very clearly going to sit with dan so i was like why is she hiding this date yeah Which, like wide open i mean i guess he's her ta but like does brandon even know that has brandon been to her dorm and know this is r-a-t-a dan i don't think so i mean for all we know Brandon doesn't know. It, he may have been to her dorm, but he doesn't know who Dan is for all intents and purposes. Yeah, because, I mean, we see him show up later, so, like, he knows where the dorm is, but we have not seen it. So it's like, 
I have no reason to believe that you know who Dan is yet. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so she like, it's kind of this bounce off. Like we had the scene with everybody and then they leave. So we follow Brandon who goes past Andrea and then the camera switches to Andrea and now we're following Andrea over to Dan and he goes to kiss her and she's like, not here. Let's go back to the dorms. Ooh, yeah. He wants to bone. My God. She they wants are like, to. Who? She, she wants to bone, but like, I just, this scene was like the perfect level of awkward for like an 18 year old making out in her dorm room. Cause like, he is ready to go because he is very clearly not a virgin. And she is just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Love that she asks if he has protection because that is definitely a thing that you have to do and that is definitely a thing that she would do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, I, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm good. That's taken care of. And then, like, goes back to being all over her. And then she's like, wait, 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 wait. Also, I'm a virgin. I thought you should know. And that's where I was just like, I mean, you didn't really have to share that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted about it because, like, I'm just gonna go ahead and say I I didn't totally appreciate the next part because of the whole episode of him being like, your first time should really be something special, and as a gentleman and all around good guy, there are rules about this. Mostly because he says all of these things, and first of all, I was like, this is a little bit antiquated that you're like, I'm not gonna sleep with you, so that'll be special, even though she is very clearly like wanting to have sex, and it Mm -hmm. is a consensual moment but then she shows up at his room like I don't know maybe two o'clock in the morning maybe 11 o'clock at night who knows and he's just like oh come in and then they do it anyway it's like so everything you just said was bullshit yeah totally and I mean don't get me wrong like I kind of appreciate the fact that he was like oh this needs to be better than like a five minute you know quick thing because lord knows like they were like all ready to go but like Yeah, it was just one of those things where it's like, at first it's fine, but then the fact that they just ended up doing it later that evening, it's like, "Mm, was it a line, you know, like, was it, were you afraid she wasn't going to continue, like, now that she said something, like, I don't don't know, yeah, I'm I'm a little conflicted about that, too, and also just, like, I guess, I guess the reason I'm for Andrea saying it is because... She has no idea, no idea what to expect, right? Like she, outside of like having people talk to her about it or her investigating in her own way, like whatever that is, she's still like nothing can ever actually like mimic it until you actually do it. And so I can appreciate the fact that she's like, just so you know, I have never done this before. So I might not know what I'm doing. Like, that's fine. But on the other side, I'm like, yeah, but there was clearly consent there. And, like, she was, she just wanted to make sure he knew, not that she wanted to stop things. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's the thing of, like, it feels like there were two different conversations happening. Like, Andrea is doing, like, check the boxes of, like, you have a condom. I need you to be aware of this, you know, physical thing that is about to happen. I say yes, let's go. Yeah. And then he was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Emotional attachment. Things need to be special. There should probably be some candles lit. I need to go get an Enya CD. (laughs) But, like, literally none of that matters because later they have sex anyway. And, like, that was just the thing that bothered me. And, like, I had already written these quotes down because I was curious where it was going to go. And then when they have, like, essentially a late night booty call, 
Like he was like, oh, you're booty calling me instead of booty calling me earlier. I don't know. It just felt like it meant nothing. Like there was yeah. no reason. The buildup was very unnecessary. Yeah. Like I think it would have been a big difference if he was like, let's go on a second date and like I will take you out to dinner and I will light some candles and I will put on my Josh Groban CD. <laughs> that w- I think that would have made a difference. But him being like, oh, I was thinking about you too. Which, I mean, you know what? Good for Andrea getting what she wants. Oh, yeah. By all means, girl, you get it. It was just weird. Yeah. And, like, I think, okay, a few things happened before the Andrea stuff. So I guess we'll, like, talk a little bit about it. Because, like, this is where now we're starting to, like, see what everybody else is doing in the day again. And Brenda has come home from from work right she comes in and Jim and Cindy are like you missed dinner and she was like it's fine I'm not doing anything I'm a spinster <laughs> yeah and yeah because she's like essentially complaining that like she doesn't have time to find a date between school and work and all of that stuff but then Jim because he's Jim suggests that maybe she's just too picky like she's lowered her standards and she's like well I'm, I mean I don't okay and <laughs> Then he's like, oh, I know a guy that has a son. Let's get you two together. Could you lower your standards a little bit? I just really love that Cindy is like, he's probably cute, and I bet he's really nice. And Brenda's like, mom, do you remember the last blind date you set me up on? (laughs) We're taking a break from you. Dad, fine. We'll try. Whatever. The last blind date, was that the guy? That was Was Seth Green. Okay, okay. It was the children. Because yeah. she had another blind date that she was set up on, right? And that was, um, what am I thinking of? Was there? Maybe there wasn't. I'm thinking of, like, when Rick was <laughs> finally in California and he was just a big old dud. Reek? Reek. I was trying to think of the dates that she's had and I was like, eh? Yeah. But yeah, so they're just trying to match them up and I guess that's it's just weird that they're kind of pushing it but his name is Stuart and she's like Stuart <laughs> Aww. Cindy's like it's a perfectly fine name just like Jim <laughs> <laughs> oh god and the last thing Brenda needs is to think about her date in relation to her father that's what yep. broke Rick yep sure did and then yeah we see Kelly and Donna at sorority learning about needing to do the van thing and they're like kelly you have to be up at 6 a.m i was really expecting her to miss it i was same i was pleasantly surprised i mean like i think in the last episode she was even like oh you got home after six i can't believe we missed each other i was up at six because i was so excited i guess i just never pictured kelly being a morning person me neither i mean yeah we just never seen evidence of it so yeah, I didn't think so. And I just thought they were doing like they did last episode when they basically set up Brenda to fail, you know, by just saying it has to be here by 9 p.m. And she's like, of course, going to miss that. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. And then, uh, like, we essentially, we talked about everything that happens after that. So the next morning, Kelly is there for the van, which also I feel like this is another reason that Kelly and Dylan are not super compatible because I don't think that Dylan is a morning person. He drives around until three o'clock in the morning. 
It's true. But he likes to go surfing. So maybe it's like he's just got to have a reason, like a legit reason that he's into, not just like you're in a sorority fraternity, so you go do this fan thing. I guess that's fair. But, you know, she's up early. She's there. She's got the clothes. And then the van shows up. And instead of it being a dinky little, you know, freshman fraternity guy, it's John Sears. Yeah, they flirt. They flirt. Blah, blah, blah. And again, he does the same thing of, like, getting, like, really close to her physically, maintaining the eye contact. And I think this is basically how we figure out that he's been calling her and they've been talking on the phone. And she's like, well, it's complicated because of Dylan. And that's, like, already we saw them kiss this last episode and now we're seeing her not be like, it was a mistake. We shouldn't do it again. It's her being like, I haven't worked through what's going on in my head. Yeah, that's true. And it doesn't help things when he's like, you know, I'll wait 50 years to get you to go out with me or something like that. But not a second later. And she's like, what if it takes 51 years? And he's like, oh, twist my arm. Okay. And like, ugh, I some of the one liners like that. And then last week with the like, oh, you really know how to mustard a hot dog or whatever. (laughs) I don't like some of his lines, but. Like, the other part of it, he can do really well. Like, I still don't like him. He's still gross. He still stalks her. I, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, I do appreciate that he's calling her because I feel like that's a really, like, uh, underappreciated form of romance. That's the thing. It's, like, it's hard for me to dislike him. Like, and it's not just because he's Dan Scott because Dan Scott is a villain, (laughs) but (laughs) I think outside of the I stalked you on the way home and followed you and now I know your address so try to get away you know that outside of that which is horrible so don't get me wrong it's like he shouldn't be pursuing her because she has a boyfriend but at the same time like she's not saying no and his lines are like kind of working and yeah he is calling her like I feel like if he was just in it for like the booty call or something he wouldn't call her. He wouldn't be interested in what she's up to and what she's doing and, like, her life. Like, I don't know. It's hard for me not to like him. Well, and they're doing the same parallel of, like, he's calling her to have conversations with her. And then Dylan shows up at, you know, who knows what hour of the night to be like, I couldn't sleep. I've just been driving around. Do you want to go with me? Yeah. Which, like, I appreciate that, you know, Dylan drove over to talk to her. But, you know, I think they're showing, like, this is one guy, this is the other. Yeah, because, like, I think the difference is, is, like, John's calling at a respectable hour, you know? Like, and, I mean, we don't know the hour that he's calling, actually, so I shouldn't yeah. say that. But the one time that we see him call, it was late, so I guess I shouldn't say that. But I guess what they're trying to do is say that, like, maybe John's being a little bit more considerate of what she's got going on. And Dylan is just showing up when he wants to, when he's interested, not really being considerate of what she's doing or what she's got going on. He's just kind of one track. This is my situation and it sucks. Come with me or not. And if you don't, I'm going to be mad at you. Well, and they've, you know, kind of done this before with the Dylan and Kelly relationship where after that one party, Kelly didn't show up to his house until at least three o'clock in the morning because the radio show had already started and he was like just getting home and like, why are you sitting outside all alone? Mm -hmm. Like 
they just have something weird going on with their relationship where they're like, it's just okay to just show up. And then Jonna's like, no, I'm going to call you and I'm going to be respectful of your time and I'm going to wait for you. And then, yeah, when he asks her if she wants to go out with him and he's like, no, she's like, no, I'm going to stay in. He's like, okay, then we'll just talk. Yeah. Like, like they're they're definitely setting it up and I'm not on board with him yet, but I'm getting there. Got to get on board with Jelly. <laughs> Because it ain't going to be con. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It could be tears. Okay. Taylor. Yeah, I like tears. tears. I'm not ready for it to be jelly. It's going to be tears. (laughs) All right. Tears for now. Jelly later. We'll we'll think about it. (laughs) Um, And yeah, like all that is happening. It's super early in the morning. So, of course, we get to see morning after Andrea. And like, I loved this so much. I just love that she's like kind of got her robe off her shoulder a little bit. And like she's just taking a shower and she's like, do I look different? Like I literally wrote, look at me, a non-virgin sex haver. (laughs) She puts on her grandma robe. (laughs) As her hair slicked back, like, out of the shower, she's like, ooh, aren't I not so dainty anymore? Like, like, when Brandon shows up, first of all, Brandon holds up two separate bags and is like, I brought coffee and breakfast. I was like, is there coffee in a bag? I don't think they'd invented those yet, you know, like, in the the little, like, box coffee thing. They hadn't invented it yet. It would just spill everywhere. (laughs) But anyway... I just love that Andrea's like, do I look any different? And he's like, what are you talking about? Just because this kind of like harkens back to when she dyed her hair and Steve noticed and Brandon was like, what? What happened? Tell me. Hmm. Yeah. Was was it your glasses? This time he's just like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Well, that and she like asked, she's like, I didn't, I didn't wake you or I'm not waking you. Am I? No, Brandon. She just has a fully wet head. And just woke up. Like, I, he's just so oblivious when it comes to her. I know. He, I don't think he actually sees her. <laughs> like, I think Andre, she might be. you there? <laughs> oh, oh, God. I didn't realize you were up. I assumed you were still in bed. This door just opened. How did you answer the door? <laughs> yeah, because he comes in and he's like, here's your coffee. Need your computer. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't need you, but I guess I'll feed you. With bag coffee. I know. And I love that she's like, uh, can you bring bagels next time? Like, yeah. I love this. Like, this is going to happen again. You're going to need the printer. I like bagels. Yeah. Get me the thing I like before you just use me for my stuff. No, they like, I think they've totally abandoned the like, will they, won't they of Brondria. And now they're just like, nah, Brondria. They're just friends. Yeah, that's fine with me. I'm fine. I'm not going to get over Stondria. Never. Because, like, we don't even see Celeste in this episode. I We barely see Steve. To be fair, I think we see Steve for, like, 12 seconds when he's like, well, you get a Corvette. How about a Corvette? You know what's really good? A Corvette. A Viper? Why get a Viper when you can get a vet? (laughs) There's the vet, the vet, the vet. (laughs) Ate a Ferrari. Ugh. Love it. Uh, but before we get to that, Donna and David are fighting again, and 
this is when David accuses her of nagging him. Am I wrong? Oh, no, you're right. But I was going to say, they're, they're so close to being cute. Where, like, she sneaks in and just, like, turns the lights on. It's like, it's time to get up. And he's like, 10 more minutes. And she's like, you can't have 10 more minutes. And he's like, will you come in bed and snuggle me? I know. Like, that's cute. But it's so close. And then she's then like, it's not. Yeah. She's like, but your breath smells. And he's like, why are you nagging me? Literally, it's like he was just waiting for her to say one extra sentence so he could be like, oh, my God, you're ruining it. Yeah. And, like, also, him not going to class is giving me so much anxiety. Like, I told you guys, that's my anxiety dream that I wake up one day and I've never been to class and I'm failing. (laughs) I feel like that's going to be David's reality soon. He's killing me. She's like, just go to class. Oh, but then I mean, just like, wake up and do something. Like, change your schedule. If you work from 2 to 6 and yeah. then you have classes from, like, I don't know, 9 to 2, then you're up from 2 to 2. Like, I'm sorry, you're on the night shift. You wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. I realized it in this episode. I was like, does David realize he doesn't get to be on the radio, like, the college radio station if he's not in the college? You can only be in the college if you go to college classes. True, true. I don't think he's thought that through yet. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, I only <laughs> just thought that, that through. Like, also, did you notice on David's bed, when the scenes were like of facing him and his little bed, you, know, like you see a piece of his mattress here, to me, it looked like there was a small teeny little Polaroid of Donna. Mm. so i'm like do you sleep with donna because you can't sleep with donna i think he was doing something with donna (laughs) zing (laughs) maybe yeah i don't know i don't i didn't even like rewind it to like double check that that's what i saw i just saw something and i was like that's what that is (laughs) the more we watch these episodes of like David being such a little butthole, thinking like, this is why Brian Austin Green doesn't let anybody watch this show when he's dating them. It's a good point. He's like, do not look. I'm so gross. I'm a bad dancer, but I used to be a good dancer. I'm a bad dancer. I'm a mediocre rapper, and I'm a horrible boyfriend. <laughs> and if you see it on the screen, you're going to remember I'm really bad in real life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's being a bum, and it's just like at the point where it's so annoying and so dumb, and I'm sick of it. And the thing is, like, it's funny that we go from that to the next scene of like Brandon and Steve and Dylan picking out cars because that's all the guys except for David. So, Mm -hmm. like, could have been getting some bro time, but he didn't. And then Kelly gets to show up, (laughs) tell Dylan that he should buy a big pink convertible Cadillac. That's so you. Yeah, I'll take that under advisement. As if. Him saying as if was the cutest thing I've ever seen. That's my quote of the week for you. I mean. It's one of my options. Yeah, I appreciate that. Because I don't, like, I don't think the next one that I had is really going to work for you. Like, I don't think it's how you pick, but I really enjoyed it because it was really dumb. Fair enough. And it's not even, like, it's an approximation, truthfully. (laughs) I really hope I wrote the same thing down. (laughs) I wrote so many approximations. I have no idea, like, what's an actual quote and what's not. 
But yeah, because then like they're doing this whole like bro time, let's go pick out cars. Cause this is the the part where like Brandon is so excited to be hanging out with everyone and like doing his little bits. And he's like, now this here is some Nirvana. We got your Italians, we got your American muscle. I was obsessed with <laughs> everything he was doing. That's like when they really cut down and don't force him to do everything, we get gold out of Brandon. Like gold. I, I will never forget the episode where he was working at the Peach Pit and he had to like go take a phone call and he just <laughs> went to the back and like shut the phone out. I love like we just need more people in the show and then Brandon gets to like actually shine. I mean, yeah, like he doesn't need important lines. Like he just needs to insert himself every now and then, play the peanut gallery and put an accent on it. Remember that time he was Scottish? <laughs> <laughs> Like, homie is good at this. He's good at comedy. Just let him do it. And that's really the thing. Like, just don't force this show to be all Brandon all the time. And I'm happy. Same. He doesn't need to get on these, like, big issues or big dramatic things. Just let him be. Let him exist. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, I kind of want to keep with, like, the Brandon thing going because there's, like, there's one little scene where Andrea goes to class and there's some weird music and like when she goes in, Dan smiles at her and that's it. Like, am I forgetting yeah. anything else? Um, because not from that. There was like, I mean, we meet Stuart next. Yeah, because that was the next thing is Stuart shows up at the house and they start talking and that's when you find out he had one semester of college and now he works for his dad doing things with dad's money i don't know i have no idea what's going on with stewart very mm -hmm. suspect of him but brandon walks out and like i i spent a lot of time looking at brandon in this scene like he is looking at stewart he's like oh yeah i'm her brother her twin brother and then stewart's <laughs> like oh twins do you also go to california university <laughs> i just love how brandon how he enters the scene. Like, he is, like, glued behind Jim's right shoulder. And he's just, like, trying to walk as smoothly as possible. He's like, oh, Stuart, is it? <laughs> well, and then when Stuart's like, oh, yeah, we're going to, I don't know, something, Kachina, Italy, Kachina, I don't know. And Brandon's like, hey, Mom, that cooking's almost as good as yours. Like, stop flirting with your mother. <laughs> but like the whole thing it was just gold I just loved how uncomfortable this whole scene was where he's like the cooking's almost as good as yours mom and she's like well I want to go there everything about it was great and then Stuart and Brenda like go to leave and they Brandon opens the door for them first of all. <laughs> he gets in between them to open the door and then the three of them follow them out <laughs> It's like, bye-bye. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jason Priestley can do comedy. Just let him. What does he call, like, matchmaking by Walsh? Matchmaking oh. by Jim? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, ooh, nice car. He's like, dead. Congratulations. <laughs> you just got me a brother-in-law. <laughs> Oh, 
no, I really figured they're like, all right, we have to play it cool this time because we really liked Rick and the liking him drove him drove her away from him and then they open the door and it's like we just can't help ourselves hi Stuart <laughs> I'm Brandon <laughs> it made me so happy it was too good and then I think like okay so they drive off because they're in like a Mercedes or something and I remember Brandon being like nice car mm-hmm. and then speaking of nice cars Dylan comes ripping up in a new Porsche 911 He's like, mm-hmm. well, I have one Porsche, yes, but why not two? Well, you know what would be better? Two Porsches. <laughs> Poor Canola's dose. Exactly. He wanted both, so he got both. He's got the money. I know. I love that he's like, Jim, that check better not bounce. And Jim Poor was like, God. Jim is like, we talked about a Honda. <laughs> yeah. This is a 90, what is, what is that quote from Employee of the Month? But Dane Cook is like, this is an 89 Honda. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) But I just, my favorite part was Dylan being like, I know it's more expensive that we talked about, but I'll amortize it over 10 years. She'd be like, Dylan, do you know how cars work? Also, he's like trying so clearly to like speak Jim's language. But he's like, it's okay, Jim. The taxes and finances are fine. This car will (laughs) pay for itself. Do you know the appreciation value of a of a of another Porsche? It's <laughs> like, no, <laughs> it, it it's negative. That's that's not how that works. Yeah. And then yeah, Dylan's trying so hard. He's like, well, my last one was a 1961, so if I get a 1993, it's easily gonna last me until 2025. Easily. I think I got that math right. But yeah, and then I thought you just picked a random number out of your hat. So I tried fast math. I'm not good at fast math. <laughs> but I think my favorite part is it really just turns into Jim being like, "I am disappointed in you." Oh yeah, and very much so. Dylan cannot drop it because he still has daddy issues. He very much has daddy issues with Jim. Oh yeah, he's in his head. It's all I can think about now is like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to take this guy back. No, I love it. No, I got to take it back. No, it's mine. Like, it's very. I know. He's like, damn, Jim, Mm -hmm. I trust him with my money and I disappointed him with my money. (laughs) Is the problem the money? No, it can't be the money. It's me. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) Do you think he said any of this when he was in the car with Kelly or do you think they just drove around in silence for a while? Silence. Definitely silence. That's fair. Once I said it, I think I agreed. (laughs) But yeah, then we actually go over to the date of Stuart and Brenda, and it looks hideous. Um, The restaurant looks fine. This is where I realized Stuart is somebody we've seen before. Conversation sucks. Oh, my God. Literally, he's like, this place reminds me of Rome. And when in Rome, and then Brenda says... So do you come here often? What? I mean, don't get me Good. wrong. It has been a long time since I had a first date, and I don't think I've ever had a blind date. Mm, but same. y'all. Yeah, it was hella awkward, and I didn't and, love it. And then Stuart gets her gets a bottle of wine and pays the guy off, and like Brenda's impressed by it, and he's like, my father is a partner. <laughs> like... Okay. Yeah, I don't know why this 24-year-old is trying to, like, get this 
18 year old to drink underage and get it to be hush hush at a restaurant no it it was so weird and then like my favorite part about this was you know we do some other stuff and then we come back to this date but i'm just gonna go to the end of the dinner part of the date because brenda's like oh my god this food is amazing my ex-boyfriend and i would never do these things we didn't you know, get wine with dinner because he's a recovering alcoholic. And I just want to be like, first of all, Brenda, do not bring up an ex-boyfriend on a first date. Second of all, Brenda, you were both 16. Third of all, it's anonymous. I know. And she's like, my ex-boyfriend, Dylan, Dylan McKay. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will give it to uh, Stuart being like, let's not even try to explain Dylan. And she's like, oh, I guess I shouldn't talk about my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, Brenda. Girl. But then they decided to go to a party, I guess. Some house-looking club. And that's they go to a club, but that is very clearly, like, I don't know, a uh, what's a really low-budget Marriott? Like, it is like a low-budget hotel hallway a ramada yeah they're they're walking through the ramada to the backstage <laughs> you know secret club mm-hmm. and Stuart apparently knows everybody and just shakes hands and is like hey this is my two favorite troublemakers right here this is lisa and Catherine. i don't know their names and <laughs> they dance and the place looks kind of fun you know in its own way and a lot of people are dancing and then that's then I mean, they slow dance at some point i was gonna say it's the same thing where like it gets to be one o'clock in the morning and brenda's like oh i should go home and Stuart's like well if we have one slow dance it's i'm like a potato chip can't have <laughs> just one which i'm like you know good call on using potato chip because like who doesn't love a good potato chip oh. and he's 100 percent right you can't have just one brenda loves snack foods one bag, maybe. You should have been like, I'm like Starburst jelly beans. <laughs> yeah. It's an inside joke with me. I love Starburst jelly beans. As do we all. I They're mean, the we should. They're the best form of jelly beans. Sorry, Jelly Belly, but. Mm. Mm -mm. No, I had the option to buy Jelly Bellies for Halloween, and I said no. Okay, but like Jelly Belly, this could be a John and Kelly ship and somebody mm -hmm. else in Kelly ship. Jelly Belly. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not ready for jelly. I know. Um, um, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you stop that! Oh, you stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I mean, like while they're on this date, a couple of other things are going on. Mostly, David being a little butthole more, mm -hmm. because like they go to have a house meeting and they have to force him to show up to the house meeting and tell him that. He has to clean up after himself. And they're like, you wouldn't do this if you were at home. And he's like, yes, I did. And the maid cleaned up after me. Like, Which is very offensive. What is he expecting? There's no maid here, David. There's, there's no maid. There's not. There's just you and your damn mess. And then this is where John calls Kelly again. And I was a little confused here because... There, there was something happened. I, my note literally says, John calls Kelly again, and wait, does Donna not work at the radio station anymore? Because it seems like just David was going. 
Yeah, no, Donna definitely quit at the end of the last episode. Okay. Did we just not see it or did I miss it? I think you missed it because, like, she goes to the radio station with David, I think, like, in the middle of the afternoon or, like, at the beginning of their shift. But then Howard comes in and is just like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. That saves me a phone call. You're fired from the afternoon shift. Mm -hmm. Because that's when he says that the girl who didn't show up was his girlfriend and then he gave her the shift back because nepotism. Right. And then um, elsewhere – Andrea is I don't know if she's in Dan's room or Dan's in her room but this is when she's like it just seems so wrong because there's very clearly like a you know power differential between the two of them and for some reason the answer to this is Dan being like well you gotta get a new English class which no she doesn't well and like Uh... that's not the easy solution here like Y'all talk about your relationship no. and, yeah, maybe don't keep having sex because ad drop is probably over. She's just not – she can't just go get another English class. Yeah. Andrea can't just get a new English class because that's just not – while it is a solution, it's not an easy one, and I don't think that's fair. No, I don't think that's fair at all. I think, like, Dan is taking the easy way out for him of, I just get to keep having sex and I don't have to do anything. Exactly. But you're yeah. still her RA. Like, there's still a power differential here. Mm-hmm. So then, then I think we talk about, or I think we see, because we, you know, we talked about Stuart and Brenda, but then David's back at the radio station, and he kind of, like, shouts out Donna, says he's going to do better, and that he's been a slob. I, I think he even says, like, a pig or something. I can't remember. And... Then, like, I guess he puts on a song and Howard shows up and he talks to David about, like, being up all night and, like, how to handle it. And, um, good news. Howard uses caffeine pills and gives some to David. So that's fun. They're in a cute little box that definitely doesn't make it look like caffeine pills. And, um, casually offers, like, hey, man, I can give you something stronger. So, cool. Yeah, no, I went through, like, a range of emotions here because I was like, it's drugs! I was like, okay, it's just over-the-counter caffeine pills, but caffeine pills are definitely going to be abused in this way. I mean, we remember Jesse from Saved by the Bell. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, Howard is immediately like, if you like this, I can get you something harder. And I'm like, it's a gateway drug. This is the drug dealer. Mm -hmm. So just when I thought we were at the bottom of David (laughs) – we're going we're gonna to sink a lot lower. Well, and also let's not forget, like, his sister recently had some pretty tough goings with regular over-the-counter medicine, too, or pills or whatever with it, her diet pills. So he better be careful. And, like, it was a very similar thing. Like, he's got caffeine pills. What she was taking was essentially speed. Mm-hmm. And, like... That's a sen- that's how she ended up in the hospital was she wasn't eating and, like, she had heart palpitations from taking so much speed. Right. But- and, like, if David has to take these caffeine pills to stay up, caffeine makes your, like, everything jittery. So that could also cause, like, your heart to race, too. Yeah. And, like, you know, speaking of Kelly, I think you mentioned it a little bit before, before I went over elsewhere. But, like, this is when John Sears calls her and is, like, what are you wearing? Oh my god, yeah. 
And then, yeah, he, like, asks her out. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay in. He's like, okay, we'll just talk. And then Dylan shows up to be a bummer about Jim and money and wanting to go for a drive. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I I love how Mary said it of just, like, she's like, oh, yeah, let me go change. But really, she has to go say bye to John. Exactly. Like, to be fair, she, like, puts on a pair of jeans. But, like, yeah, she was really going back there to end her little call with John to go be with Dylan. And then she says she'll call him tomorrow. And I was like, do not call him tomorrow. Right. If anything, he initiates because you're the one who's supposed to say no because you have a boyfriend. Yeah. And also, when she gets off the phone with him and then Dylan yells, anytime, Kel, like, it's been two minutes. Mm-hmm. Chill. Slow, slow down. You're fine. Well, slow your roll, Dill. Dillweed. Ugh. <laughs> Are we going to hate Dylan again? I hope not. <sighs> but then it's later, and Dylan and Kelly kind of arrive back at the beach apartment, and Dylan feels better. He is kind of talking about it here where he's like, you know, I think I'm in- Kelly says something about, like, I love the leather seats or leather interior or whatever. And he's just like, yeah, I think I'm going to give it back. Like, I don't – I'm going to get a Bronco instead. Um, Which, honestly, I love that for him. That's going to be I do perfect too. for hauling a surfboard around. I like that too. Um, definitely, yeah, definitely more sensible. Still probably pretty expensive because it's still an SUV. But, you know, much better than a Porsche because it's not a luxury item. But then our little conversation takes a turn because Kelly kind of says, like, she wants different things. And Dylan kind of asked her, like, if she wants to come in because of something. I forget exactly how he worded it. But at first it was, like, to hang out. And then he's like, well, you know, there's other things we could do or something. And essentially, like, saying, like, let's go have sex. And she turns him down. And she makes – oh, she makes that little sad face because that's when he's like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, nothing. I just – I think we want different things. And I think we should see different people. And then, liar, she says, it's no one in particular. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, I hated that Dylan was just like, you know, this is exactly what happened when we got together. Like, yep. we're breaking up. You're just mm-hmm. not calling it breaking up. And she's like, I don't want to break up. Like, I don't, I don't want to break up with you. I don't want us to break up. But, like, this geez. is exactly what happened. I just I don't really understand what she's hanging on to like I'm because again like I totally understand the physical attraction but that hasn't really been happening and and like he literally just offered to like go inside and like mess around and she was not into it so it's like if you're not into banging somebody that you're dating not a good sign and I I think it's what we've talked about before that you know she went through so much to get him and she made that comment of like I always wanted him I've liked him for forever I had a crush on him when we were younger and now I finally got him and like I feel like I can't let that go mm-hmm. like that's the best I got and I felt so bad because this like whole conversation was you know Dylan being like well I'm gonna get a Bronco because I don't need a Porsche Porsches are for chasing girls and I already have my girl and she's like oh Mm-hmm. Maybe don't return it quite yet. Yeah. It's it's not great. And again, like it's one thing if they were both like on board and like kind of agree about opening, you know, dating other people, like having an open relationship or just not being exclusive or whatever it is. Like that's up to you and your partner and 
you know, whatever, that's fine. I'm not here to judge, but it's so very clear that they are not on the same page about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Dylan is totally right. This is step one of breaking up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's acknowledging that you guys are not happy together and her being like, well, maybe we should, like, do this middle step. Like, he knows. And I think she knows, too, because, I mean, she says it's no one in particular when it is very clearly John. And I think she knows if she said it was John, he'd be like, I knew it. I saw you two together. Yeah, exactly. And That would not set well. Yeah, and, like, it just ends badly, for lack of a better word, and Kelly goes inside, and Dylan drives off, but before we get to, like, the very end of the episode, I kind of want to talk about how Brenda and Stewart's date ends. Go for it. Because this is my other option for quote of the week for you, is when we go to the Walsh house and for some unknown reason, it is 1.45 in the morning, and Jim is making cereal, and Brandon is, like, studying, but he's still in jeans, and that's what got me. Is it was like, why are you still wearing pants? <laughs> like, you should be in jammies right now. Mm-hmm. But, and Jim goes, want to join me in a bowl of cereal? And Brandon goes, why, Dad? I don't think we'd both fit. <laughs> that's the same one I wrote down, too. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> I have to just reveal it now. That is a hundred percent my quote of the week. I knew it. Like nothing else could have been the quote of the week. That was too, too good. It was so perfect. And like seriously, all of the stuff that happens with Brandon from now on, like pretty much makes sense. Like, you know, he makes the comment about Brenda not being home yet, and he's like, "Well, you tell her." A little bit from me too mm -hmm. and then she comes home and Jim is just like yeah I mean you're 18 now what am I gonna do not let you she's go like, out are you serious which yeah because he's never done this before but she was a teenager before and now she's going out with the respectable steward that Jim sent mm -hmm. her that's <laughs> true but then like she comes back in goes to go to bed and Brandon's just like I can't believe you let her get away with it like same. same same I mean same. it's it's very on Brandon to, for him to say that and then it's also like yeah I mean it is kind of interesting that Jim just like let that slide when he's literally always looking for a reason to like get mad at Brenda so yeah I just I feel like this time it was more like oh my god you let her get away with it instead of like I can't believe you let her get away with it I guess I have to go do something <laughs> blah 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 so I get away with it yep true like I just Aside from the hair and the chain and sometimes stupid things, I am much more feeling college Brandon than I was feeling high school Brandon. Definitely. Like 100%. And then, yeah, the uh, the big last scene from the episode that we kind of touched on earlier. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Dylan pulls up to another red light. He's got his windows down. It's real late. He just wants to drive around and think. And... Someone sticks their head in the car and grabs him by the neck and puts a gun to his chest and says, get out of the car, sucker. Sucka. I'm sorry. Sucka. Sucka. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, definitely gasped, you know, like a big. <gasps> I was a uh, very 
practical person, and my first thought was, I hope he has insurance. <laughs> oh, you accountant. I know. That's very on Brandon for you. I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's one of our first, if not the first. I don't think it's the first, but it is a cliffhanger, and we don't have a lot of those. So that's very exciting, and, and it makes me want to watch the episode, the next episode, like right now. Yeah, no, I cannot wait to watch the next episode. It's going to be good. And uh, I actually didn't grade this episode. I kind of forgot to. But it, about the same as last episode, I think. I think I gave last episode a B minus. I'd probably give it about the same. I think I'm going to give it a B plus. Hmm. And I really wish Stuart had a B name so I could give him both of his names. Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't actually know. Oh, B for B plus for Bronco. That's a good one. That's what I'm gonna go with. Don't think we've had that one before. Yeah, and then I do have one final thought that I wrote in my notes. There was a lot of cereal in this episode. Mmm. Yes, that's there was. All. We started with cereal and ended with cereal. Yeah, that's all. There's no real reason for it, but I was just like, there's there's a lot of cereal. I like it, even if it wasn't like a thing on purpose I still enjoyed it yeah um I feel so thrown off since I actually we actually guessed your quote of the week I know I mean what happens you guessed next it. yeah nothing um <laughs> <laughs> I guess we talk about what's next week um yeah because uh, ding 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 you guys both shined with flying colors on my quote of the week good job guys let's see if you can make it two in a row next week when we talk about Season 4, Episode 7, Moving Targets. Well, first of all, I do not like the pressure. Mm. I refuse to be held responsible for coming up with the quote of the week two weeks in a row. I mean, I will say, you could be like Steve in the ping pong game and say, pressure. I eat pressure. <laughs> Just like cereal. That's right. I, oh, I feel like Moving Targets is a really interesting name of an episode now that we've had so many things happen. I'm sure it's going to be very emotional for Dylan and probably also for Kelly. I feel like finding out that he got carjacked on the way home from her not breaking up with him is going to make her feel really guilty. Oh, definitely. Definitely. All right. We'll see. I don't want to like – so many of my predictions have been so terrible. I don't <laughs> Um, well, yeah, if you, if you're watching with us and you haven't seen it before, or you just want to go ahead and send me in the wrong direction, you can leave us a comment at Twitter and Instagram at back to podcast or send us your theories or yeah, I like this idea of throwing Ariel off. Just send her a <laughs> bunch of nonsense. Like Brandon gets a tattoo and it's of a bullseye, and he has it in three different places on his body, so it's moving targets. Like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I like this idea, though. If you are out there, especially you frequent corresponders, I think this could be a good game for you guys. Uh, give us some your theories on what would be something really funny to throw Ariel off on this, because that could be very exciting. But the whole point of that is you can send us that in an email to backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. You can review, you can share, subscribe, 
et cetera, et cetera, on all of your podcast apps. Uh, if you leave us a review, we'll give you a shout out on the air. And the more that you do all of those things, the more it gets us seen and the more we make more episodes. Yeah, because remember last episode we threatened <laughs> we'd stop doing this. Some of you guys are probably like, oh, okay, that wouldn't be too bad. No, we mean it. We mean it and we like this, but we also like to have listeners. So just share that around and uh, keep listening. We appreciate it. Yeah. So check us out next week. And from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Stuart. I'm Mary. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. I just love the like moment of panic that seems to happen. <laughs> I was like, do I say my name? <laughs> I am also Stuart. <laughs> no, I'm Bluert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bye, I guess. <laughs> bye. See ya. <laughs>